He's the host of The Other Side of Midnight. He's always kind enough this morning to hang up with either Bill Shatner or Dr. Sky and talk to me. Good morning, Frank. <laughs> Good morning, Sid. Uh, you know, I think that was chocolate chip ice cream that Biden had yesterday. It looked like vanilla, but uh, he's a longstanding chocolate chip ice cream person and... Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that was the flavor. Seriously. My man knows it all. I, you're probably yeah. right. I have no, I don't know and I don't care. What I do care about is the cover of today's New York Newsday, which is one of the reasons why you're on, which reads, redistricting map uh, dumped. Didn't work. He, uh, rejected, I should say, Dems dump newest map. Tell me about that. And more importantly, Frank Morano, tell me how it affects my party, the Republicans. Well, this is absolutely absurd. Now, every Republican should be furious about this, but uh, also you should be furious if you're a Democrat or an independent or just someone that cares about good government. Because what the Democrats in the state legislature did yesterday is a total subversion of what New Yorkers voted for multiple times. Just a a quick, quick background on uh, the attempts to reform redistricting over the years. A lot of people had tried to uh, end gerrymandering in this state. This was really the last uh, thing that Ed Koch worked on in public life before he passed away. And they came up with a very weak reform to redistricting. Now, basically, the way redistricting used to work in the state is the state Senate would draw their lines, the state assembly would draw their lines, and they'd kind of come up with a compromise on the uh, on the congressional lines. Well, what they came up with in two, 2014, which the voters of New York State approved in a constitutional amendment was they said, let's have a bipartisan independent redistricting commission, five Republicans, five Democrats, totally bipartisan, uh, pick, draw these new maps, and the state legislature can vote down by a two-thirds majority, the bipartisan majority. Now, uh, of course, this was set up to fail, because you put five Democrats and five Republicans together, what do you think is going to happen? Exactly what happened two years ago. The Republicans and Democrats on this commission couldn't come up with a map. They couldn't agree. Democrats and Republicans shockingly said, all right, we can't come up with a map. Now, who does this advantage? When the Democrats have a supermajority in the state legislature, it advantages them. So they were fine with the Independent Redistricting Commission not coming up with a consensus because that allowed the Democratic state legislature to draw the maps to benefit Democrats. And that's what they did two years ago. But they went crazy. They went hog wild, basically trying to redistrict the Republicans into oblivion. So the Republicans, led by John Faso and Ed Koch, Ed Cox, they then filed in state Supreme Court a challenge to this, and the courts agreed. The courts agreed these are out of control, and this went all the way up to the Court of Appeals, and they had a special master redraw these lines, which pretty much everybody agrees were fair. And these are the lines we have now. Now, uh, you remember the Sherry Lewis Lamb Chops play-along song, <laughs> the song that never ends? This is the redistricting process that never ends, because one once these lines were set two years ago, those should have been the lines for 10 years. But now, because the Democrats didn't feel these lines were as advantageous as they should be to the Democrats, they sued to start the entire process, which has been going on for years now, again. So this independent redistricting commission, totally bipartisan, met again, and shockingly, they came up with some very reasonable lines, almost exactly the lines as they are now. And they got nine 
nine out of the ten commissioners to agree. It's impossible to get a partisan commission of Democrats and Republicans to agree on anything, and yet they came up with an agreement, which is basically keeping the lines the way they are now. And it looked like that's what we were going to be done with, and we were going to have these lines for the next eight years, and finally this prolonged, agonizing redistricting process would come to an end. But behind the scenes, apparently, the House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, was lobbying the state legislature and saying, no, 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 that is going to be way too fair to the Republicans, and it's not going to allow the Democrats to pick up the seats that we need in New York to take back the House. So yesterday, in a totally partisan vote, the Democrats rejected the independent redistricting commission's proposals, even though they didn't really give much of an answer as to why they rejected them, and they are going to go forward with a blatant Mm. gerrymander, Mm. even though petitioning for these congressional races starts today. So you have people running for Congress all over the state of New York not knowing who to ask to sign their petitions today. (laughs) It's crazy. It is a crazy situation. And by the way, the lines that the Redistricting Commission came up with, they were not at all blatantly Republican. They were fair. I mean, the Molinaro District, the Michael Lawler District, a lot of districts around the state, these are districts that the Democrats could win. But that wasn't good enough. They have to go and essentially rig the system. They've already altered the Court of Appeals to make it more advantageous to their side. And this is this flies in the face of the constitutional amendment that uh, both parties passed and which the voters of New York uh, approved. It's really outrageous if you have any semblance of fair play. Yeah, Hakeem Jeffries is anything but fair, and it's uh, it's been a thorn in their side ever since 2022. You mentioned Molinaro, you mentioned Lawler, guys like the Esposito and even George Santos on Long Island. They can't stand the fact those guys won, and they have spent the last couple of years making sure they can't win again. And uh, you must be right, that map must have been too fair because they want to make sure that those types of guys can't win again. Talking about that, give me some of the races, not Trump-Biden, some of the local races you're looking forward to coming up this November. Well, a lot is going to depend on what these maps end up looking like, because if the maps stay as the redistricting commission drew them, then um, I, I don't see uh, Justin Brannon running for Congress against Nicole Maliotakis. But if they go with a full gerrymander to really go out of the way to make it a much more partisan advantage for the Democrats in the 11th district, which is my congressional district, then I can see uh, Justin Brannon running in that seat. Um, barring that, let's say uh, Brandon doesn't run then, uh, and the lines stay close to what they are now, then Maliotakis should win that race in a landslide. The race that uh, not a lot of people are talking about yet, but I think is going to get very competitive, is the first congressional district out there on uh, Long Island. This was Lee Zeldin's old congressional district. It was a purple district until Lee Zeldin really made it solid red. Nicola Loda won it, but he's going to face a potentially very tough Tough challenge from uh, John Avlon. You might remember him. He was Rudy Giuliani's speechwriter. He's now a Democrat and is very much a centrist Democrat, which is kind of what they like out on Long Island. He's not one of these crazy progressives. So he's going to have a problem in the primary because he is running against some crazy progressives. But if he's able to win that primary, he could give Nick Lolota a run uh, for his money. Obviously, the race that uh, that you've been commenting on, New York's third district. 
I don't know who the Republicans are going to settle on against Swazi. Uh, this fellow Greg Hatch uh, is talked about as the Republican candidate there. But uh, that's a race that is going to be competitive just because Trump is popular on Long Island now. So uh, unlike in the special election where Trump wasn't on the top of the ballot, you're going to have all sorts of people that really only care about the presidential race coming out to vote in that third congressional district. And obviously with the concerns about migrants and everything else, that is by uh, no means a, uh, a layup for Swazi. So that's going to be an interesting race. And the rest of these races really depends on, uh, on what the lines look like. Some are going to be competitive no matter what, like the Lawler seat, no matter what the lines look like, that'll be a competitive seat. But uh, otherwise, I think it uh, depends on what the lines look like. An interesting race is developing in Staten Island in Brooklyn, where you have a, a race that was very, very competitive two years ago. The uh, incumbent, Jessica Scarcella Spanton, and this was the old Diane Savino seat, she's going to be facing an energetic challenge from Marco Kepi, who's been endorsed by the Brooklyn Republican Party. I don't know what Staten Island is going to do there, but uh, Kepi's an energetic campaigner, and uh, I think he could uh, do very well. Uh, you've been, you did a great interview with Kara Castronova in the Senate race. I could certainly see see her uh, either making a uh, very strong primary challenge to Sapra Cohn for Senate, or if she chooses to run for Congress uh, in that Swazi seat, I think she could potentially be very competitive there. Well, that all depends on what Cairo and King think, though, don't you? Uh, uh, they run it. They run the show. Hey, listen, that is a great, 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 great job this morning. Frank Morano, as always, loved having you on. Other Side of Midnight's a great show. Love you. Thank you so much. Terrific job, Billy. Thank you, Sid. Appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Congratulations on the ratings uh, last month. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, That was a terrific segment. I mean, he breaks it down like nobody can. Like nobody can. Frank Morano, check him out, folks. 1 to 5 a.m. every weeknight, weekday morning. It is the other side of midnight. Thank you, Frank. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.